0: Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to be here. I'm Pastor Dottie. I am the women's pastor at Every Nation. Now, our own dear Pastor Adam, he is off in Canada at a wedding, a family wedding, and so he said, Would you cover for me today? So I'm here covering. And we are gonna go. Again, we've been studying the book of John, so we're gonna start right there. And the scripture I want to highlight is John. 832 and it's Jesus's words. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That is the scripture that we're going to be focus on and highlighting on all throughout the message today. Now the title of my message is Truth or Consequences. Um, Now, I want to start with a story about my mom and my dad. My mother and dad, they um, bought the first house and they bought it in a little town, a little city town, very close to the city. So along the way, they decided they wanted to move out to the suburbs. Now the difference between being in the city and in the suburbs, one of them was in the city was bright lights, especially at night in the suburbs pitch black. So they came out here, they're sleeping pitch black darkness. So the story starts, mom and dad, they're in their new bedroom, in their new home, Big bedroom they have. They have a picture window that looks out into the woods, you know, but it's pitch black. Now, mom and dad are sleeping. Mom wakes up with a start. She sees someone looming over her bed. She yells at Ed. Ed, there's somebody in our bed. There's somebody here. My father. She's wailing about. My father reaches out, grabs a hold of him. He says, "I've got him, hun. I've got him." With this, my mother starts screaming. Ed, he's pulling me out of bed. She's holding onto the bed. She's holding on. He's pulling me out of bed. She grabs a hold. little lamp of a lamp bops the guy on the head with the lamp in the meantime they're flailing about my father turns on another lamp They, they the light goes on and guess what there's no one else in the room no one else in the room. Well, they figured it out. What had happened is my dad had grabbed the hold of my mother's ankle. <laughs> he thought it was the guy's wrist. And my mother thinks she's, he's being pulled out of bed. So in other words, one of the moral of this story, just because you believe something doesn't make it true, but there will be a consequence for that. So again, my mother believed that there was an intruder in the room and there wasn't, but there was a consequence. And the consequence was my father got hit over the head with a lamp. So I, that's one of our family stories. I thought that would be a cute one to just start with. But again, I'm going to roll us back to the scripture. And again, it's John 8:32, and a powerful scripture, Jesus's words. He said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, in my last message, I spoke about how we live in a world that's very much filled with confusion. And one of the things that's adding to this is we hear people say all the time, it's my truth. It's my truth, which just opens the door to confusion. And the thing is, God is not a God of confusion, and truth is not subjective. You know, there is only one absolute truth. And the only way that we're going to find absolute truth is the one that created us. What does God say? That's where truth comes from. And that truth is found in the word of God. That truth is found in our Bibles. That's where we have to go to know what the truth is. So it's important that we know what the truth is. So one of the scriptures I want to start with that I'm going to be highlighting today is Ephesians 6.12. And it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, up against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What God is telling us, it is not a physical battle. It is a spiritual one. And the ringleader is Satan. Since it's a spiritual battle, the weapons we use will be spiritual weapons and the way we're protected will be that too. And it speaks up again in Ephesians. It talks about the armor of God that we protect ourselves with. Now the armor of God, well, God is the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. The, um, on our feet is the gospel of peace. On our heads is the helmet of salvation. And then in our hands are two things. It is the sword of the Spirit and it is the shield of faith. Now, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Again, what did Jesus say? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It is the Word of God. That is the truth. That is how we fight this battle. The truth is it is a spiritual battle. It's not a natural one. The truth is Satan is the one that is the enemy. And the truth is, Satan is known as the father of lies. His power it lies is only in the lie. The primary weapon he tries to use against us is the lie. But you know what our defense against it is? It is the truth. And what is the truth? It is the word of God. It is the word of God. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You have to know in the battle against Satan, it is not a power encounter. It is a truth encounter. I say that again. The battle is not a power encounter. It is a truth encounter. Because once you expose the lie, the power is gone. Don't ever underestimate the power that we have in Christ Jesus. The power that came into us at the moment of salvation, that power, that same power that rose Christ from the dead, is within us. Don't ever, ever underestimate that, and we are to walk in the fullness of all of that. So I'm going to bring us to John, which speaks about this. John 14:12. This was Jesus' words, what he's saying to his disciples, what he's saying to us. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do what I have been doing. And greater things than these will be done because I go to the Father. Isn't that beautiful? That's his promise. All the things that Jesus did, we will walk in that also. He's saying, that's there for you. You just have to believe and step out when I call you. Step out and do these things. But what can stop us from doing these things? A lot of times, it's things that we're believing about ourselves that aren't true, that are holding back, a lack of confidence in ourselves. So we have to recognize These lies that we are believing that aren't true. And sometimes there's things that have been spoken into us, maybe when we were children or sometime along the way, that we've just have believed and it's held us back. So as I reflected on my own life, I thought, what are some of the things that I may have believed when I was child because they were spoken into me? And one of the things that was spoken into me is that I'm dumb. And I really believed I was dumb. Now, you know, I'm technically challenged, yes, but dumb, no. But years ago, I really thought I was dumb. And so there were things that I was drawn to that I just never did. Like like when I became a young woman, right? You know, one of the first things I had this real, in my teens even, I had such an interest in psychology. You know, such an interest in the human mind and why we do the things we do and what motivates us and what you can do to switch things around to have a healthier, better attitude. I was so drawn to this. But if I had gone to college... It would have been, you know, to be a psychologist or a counselor, but I didn't even think of pursuing that. I didn't even didn't even cross my mind because I thought I was dumb. I mean, this is what I, this is what I thought. I even think that's probably why, I, you know, I developed my sense of humor because I figured I, yeah, I have to use my sense of humor to get through life. But, you know, somewhere along the line, God showed me it showed me that is not so. And so when I came to the Lord. He exposed that to me, and he had something else so different in mind for me, and he showed me, he opened the door for me to be a pastor, and I'll tell you, one of the things I do as a pastor, and I love doing it, one of my favorite things to do is I counsel people. I truly love it. I love that one-on-one ministry with people. When I talk to them and I counsel them and I watch and see them, everything's starting to line up and getting rid of the past and stepping out into the fullness that's waiting for them. It brings me pure joy. And it brings me pure joy because God created me to do this. He created me with that in mind. And that's just one of the gifts that I flow in. And we all have gifts that God has given us. They're all different, but we all have gifts. And when you step into that gift that God has given you, and you don't let anything stop you, you will be filled with joy pure joy will fill you because God created you to do that. But sometimes what can stop that? Fear can stop that. Fear of the unknown. Sometimes it's just... Fear. Um you have to get past your fear and you gotta step out in it. Sometimes it's just don't you don't feel qualified. You know, you think about it and you don't have the education, you don't feel you don't feel qualified, you don't just don't feel good enough. Somewhere along the line, people have made you feel you aren't good enough and you're still stuck in that sigma. You're stuck in that. But God wants to set you free. God wants to set you free to step out. Or you don't feel worthy. You you're still haven't you shame is still holding you back from maybe yesterday and you don't haven't left that all behind but God wants to set you free you know or you don't feel holy enough sometimes you know you're not you're striving for perfection but there's only one that's perfect and that was our Jesus but but Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free and as you do As you look to him, as he peels these things away and you get the confidence to just step out, what will happen is you will step into the zone. You will step into the zone where you are fulfilling your purpose. You're walking in your call and passion will flood your soul. It will totally flood your soul. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth is found in Jesus. The truth is found is pursuing that call. The truth is found is letting him minister and others just come in and heal you from every wound and set you free. And the truth is found in the word of God. I'm going to take you now to John 10:10, And in here it talks about. This is another truth. The thief, that's Satan. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Satan, if he can't can't stop us from being saved, that's his first mission, stop you from being saved. He is going to stop us from being used. He is going to stop you from fulfilling your destiny. He is going to try to keep you trapped in your insecurities, trapped in your fear, trapped in, in the past. But no, God says, step out, step out. Now, again, I'm talking about Satan a lot. I don't want to bring him up because I don't want you to fear him because really you don't need to fear him. But you do need to be aware of his schemes and you do need to know who he is. He is the father of lies. The father of lies. And the power he has is no different than the power he had over Eve. The power he had in the Garden of Eden. Where was the power? It was in the lie. In the lie. But you have to realize that and recognize that. You know, I think about it. You know, how many people are out there that have not yet come to the saving grace of Christ because they're believing a lie? And it's really it's not a really super sometimes spiritual lie either. It's just this simple lie that's gotten planted in their head and Satan's planted it there, trust me. That says, you know, I work Monday through Friday, the weekend comes, you know, do I really have time with my family to go to church? It sounds like it's gonna be an obligation, you know. I I I I just I don't think, I just don't have time for this. But that's a lie. (laughs) Do you know why? Because it's not until you are born again that everything changes. It's not until you're born again that then you are filled with passion. Then when you're born again, there is a hunger for the word. There's a hunger to come to church. There is a hunger to pray. You're filled with Holy Ghost power (laughs) because you're connected to God. But they don't know that because they are being kept back. They're being kept back. That's why it's important that we pray. One of the biggest tools we have to pray for our loved ones, to pray for those that don't is is the power of prayer. We pray that they will be set free and step under the Word of God and hear the Word of God and they too will be born again and then everything changes. Because at that moment, our spirit is connected to God's and everything changes. Power surges through us in every way. And we start to get this desire to fulfill our destiny, the desire to make a difference in this world. That just comes along with it. We become people on mission. It comes with the presence of God that has been put in us. The gifts are released and we are empowered to step out. Now, I have I heard a great testimony um, not long ago about someone right here from our church about God was calling them to do something something totally new in their life. And who it is, it's Stacy Bevel. And she is one of the ladies in our church. And how I heard about this, we went, we took a day a week took out in the car and did one of my favorite things, going to the seashore. So on the way there, you know, she started sharing me what had just transpired in her life, right? And what had happened, she had been a teacher for 25 years and loved being a teacher, loved being it. And all of a sudden in her school, they were teaching things and talking about so many things that did not line up with her Christian values. They did not line up. And she started hearing the Lord leading her, she felt this leading of the spirit that said, I want you to walk away from this job, you know, but it, it was, she felt that leading, but it was her choice. Now, she could follow that lead. Now, following that lead would mean one thing. It was a loss of income. It would mean that. It would mean, you know, walking away from something she went to school for 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 many years, 25 years, without even knowing, you know, what she would do next. No, no, not nothing to know what what is going to follow this. But. She was obedient, you know, with the support of her husband. And she did. She left that job. And what happened? God was with her every step of the way. And step by step, he revealed her destiny. So what happened was once she stopped that job, you know, a little while later, her niece was having a baby. So she went to be there with her and was right there with her and she met someone there that was called a doula. Now what a doula is, is they are somebody that is there with the mom right there at the birth of their child. And they give emotional, spiritual and physical support to the mom. Right away, she was drawn to this, totally, totally drawn to this and said, I'm going to look into this, you know. And then a little bit later, what happened is one of her her aunts was reaching the end of her life and she went there to be with her also. And that, too, further draw her an interest in becoming a doula. Because you see, a doula will be there not only at the birth of a child, but also at someone's death so step by step god was leading her here and so she pursued what it would take to go to school and when she did god spoke to her you know and not a tangible you know, booming voice, but you know when god speaks to you and it was so clear what he said to her i want you there when they come into the world and when they leave start with being a birth doer because that comes first wow Stacy was truly led by the Spirit of God. She followed the Spirit's lead step by step, step by step. And know what the consequence was? It led her into her destiny in the workplace. And God will do that every time when you have the courage to listen to the Spirit and step out. Now, do you realize that Christians, us guys, we should be the most successful people in the world? We should be the kindest people in the world, and we should be the most powerful people in the world. But you see, that doesn't happen just because we're saved, no. Victory and success happen as we learn and as we're obedient to be led by the Spirit, and also it's about conquering the flesh. Now, what is the flesh? The flesh, very simply, it's those desires, those sinful desires, that rise up in us, that are in opposition to God's ways. They're in opposition to God's, God's will. And But just because we receive Christ as our Savior doesn't mean they go away. They don't, they are still there, you know? And so what we have to do, we have to know that the where the battle is won, the battle is won because are we gonna be led by the spirit? Because when we're led by the spirit, or are we gonna just fall into it and let the flesh conquer us? That is the biggest battle of our life conquering the flesh. Now, Satan, yeah, there's a battle with him, but I'll tell you the biggest one is us conquering the flesh. Now, again, we go to the Word of God. It's always simple. I like to see it in its simplest forms because it's easier to to learn it that way. And the Word of God tells us what we do. How do we conquer the flesh? Galatians 5.13 says, says, so I say, walk again by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Sounds simple. You're just going to stay in step with the Spirit. You won't gratify all these other desires that you have. But now the next one, I think, makes it real, real clear. The next scripture. And I want you to really take note of this one. It's Romans 8, 5. And it says, those who live according to the flesh have their mind set. On fleshly desires but those who live according to the spirit have their mindset on what what the spirit desires we fight this battle but we fight this battle in the mind where do we conquer the flesh we conquer the flesh in the mind because you know why for the most part our actions are a direct result of what we think in the mind so the flesh you know, in the simplest form is a way of thinking that is opposed opposition to what God says. You know, and we have all negative thoughts. If we, if we have a negative mind and we're focusing on negative stuff, we will have a negative life. But the word of God tells us if we renew our mind with what God says, then we will lead us into that abundant life that Jesus has talked about. But for that to happen, we must know what does the word of God say in order to compare it with that. Because again, our thinking, think about it, our thinking, what we think, we think the next is we move on that. The next is an action step to that. So if you can stop it in the thinking phase and you could recognize, oh, wow, these thoughts, they don't line up with the word of God what you can do you have to just kick them out you know scripture says you take take those thoughts captive and kick them out i always say a great way for me to remember it is you know your mind is just a computer no more than a computer when you hit the delete button it sticks it in the crash, in the trash bin it can be the same thing with our mind if a thought comes in it's in opposition to god's will to god's ways you just Hit that delete button and kick it out. And what do you do? You replace it with what does God say? Because again, our actions will follow what our thinking says. So we have to know what what the word of God says. Now one of the things, you know, Proverbs is filled with all kinds of words of wisdom. And you know what God says in Proverbs? One of the things is very powerful scripture. He says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. When we declare the word of God, you are speaking life and you are speaking it with authority again, because the authority and the power of God and Christ is in us. So when we speak it out, we have been given that authority and we speak it out and it goes out there. It goes out there. Again, you and I, Christians, we should be the most powerful people in the world. If you know it, you have to step out in it. But we sabotage it. You know how we sabotage it? By the words that we say. We speak other words out. I mean, just say, say you're believing for a job. You're you're believing for a job. You know, and you're praying and you're believing for a job. You know, and you're you're praying that the favor of God rests upon you and and He's establishing the work of your hands. You know, you're praying that, you're believing that. And then an hour later, and the next day, you start saying, I'm never gonna get that job. My bank account is being depleted. What you've done is you have just spoke a word curse over yourself, right? Now, it's one thing to have it come into your mind, but what is the action step was you spoke it out. The action step was you spoke it out. So what you would need to do is kick that out, just hit that delete button before it came out of your mouth, and what you would do is just keep declaring God's word. I trust you, God. The favor of God rests upon me. You are establishing the work of my... Of my hands. Remember Jesus's words. He said, "You will know the truth. The truth will set you free." Remember what the truth is. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And remember the truth is the battlefield is in the mind. So we have to know what does the word of God say, so we can fill our minds with that, so we can recognize anything that is not of God. Now, as Christians, you and I, we should be the kindest people in the world. We should be. Why? Because of the fruit of the spirit, of the indwelling spirit that dwells within us. And the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control, and self-control, and gentleness. So what happens? Every believer has access to these very things because of the indwelling spirit. And we need to know that. We need to surrender our lives to Christ. Surrender our lives to this. Will we fail? Yes. But as we rely on the Holy Spirit to strengthen us, as we continue strengthening, as we continue surrendering all of these things to him, more and more, we will see that love. We will see the joy. We will see the peace. We'll see the goodness. We'll see the faithfulness. We'll see the gentleness and the self-control. We'll start to manifest all of these characteristics as we surrender. will start to manifest more and more. Taking Will this take time? Yes. But it will happen one day at a time, one step at a time, you know. But you know what a great one to develop is? Is the last one. It is the spirit of self-control. And the reason why I say that, if you have self-control, you will stop. You'll stop before you say that word curse over yourself. Why? The spirit of self-control. You will stop If you have self-control, you will stop before you gossip about somebody and speak ill of somebody. Even if it's true, you'll stop. And what you'll do instead, you'll you'll pray, Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, may Lord. You'll stop before you lash out in anger. When you have self-control, you'll stop. And you'll pause and you'll remember what God says in Proverbs, Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Remember, life and death is in the power of the tongue. But as we surrender our life to God, these character traits will develop in us. As we stay in step one day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time. And knowing that God's grace and mercy covers us and he's there with us every step of the way. You know, so again, one of the things I want to highlight too, again, the way I said in the beginning, just because you believe something doesn't make it true. I think of my own life. You know, there was a time I thought all men were scoundrels and that just isn't true. But I thought that they were all scoundrels. And the reason why is because I had experienced betrayal more than once. And when you experience intense betrayal, it is hard to get past. And I experienced being cheated on more than once. And then to top it off, right, I worked in a restaurant in a bar setting. I cannot count how many married men asked me out. Now, I never went out with any of them because I'll tell you, I have a fierce loyalty towards my fellow female. I always have. I mean, I know what that feels like. I would never do that to another woman. But this is what I experienced. This is what I thought. I mean, I, I, this is what I saw all around me. So I thought, you know, all men, you know, they were just, you know, they were, you know, just really, um, I really thought they were scoundrels, you know, I just didn't trust them at all. But this is what I was thinking when I met my husband, Jim. This was my thought. Now, so when I met him, I was one hung up chick. I mean, truly one hung up chick. I came with a great deal of baggage. And I'm not talking about a great deal of clothes, baggage, right? So bottom line, I mean, I was able to love him. God, I wasn't so hung up that I wasn't able to fall in love. And I fell in love with Jim really rather quickly. But trust was another story. I didn't. I just didn't trust men. And I mean, did I trust him after a couple of months of knowing? No. Did I trust him even after a year? No, it was years before I learned to trust this man. And because of all these hang-ups or this, this baggage that was on me, I lived in torment. Torment of constantly thinking, at some point, the rug was going to get pulled out from under me. At some point, this was going to happen. And Jim, too. I mean, you know, how he was patient with me through all of this. just But he was faithful. You know, and God knew this was the man that would break through, that would get me to trust again. And he did. And I ended up, you know, totally trusting Jim at some point. And, you know, that weight was lifted off of me and I was set free from that and that torment. And I can't even begin to tell you what how wonderful that was. And I totally totally trust my husband. It is such a joy to live like that, knowing, having that total faith. But again, it isn't that I don't think that, you know, that he couldn't be somewhat attracted to someone else because there is such a thing as chemistry. There's such a thing as chemistry. Yeah, but he would never act on that. Why? Because he loves me, because he's a man of integrity, and because he knows how to guard his mind. And I say that for all of us, it is important in every area that we learn how to guard our minds. Now, one of my favorite stories is one P.A. tells. It is. He tells it from the pulpit. I love this story. He talks about being in the gym, minding his own business, on the treadmill, minding his own business, trucking along, when a woman, some woman, women, woman might walk by, scantily clad, you know, her body parts hanging out, you know. So what does he do? He quotes from Proverbs. He says, may I always rejoice in the wife of my youth. May her breasts always satisfy me. You gotta love it. You? you gotta love it. He just fills his mind with that. He fills his mind before another thought could step in. He guards his mind, as my mother would say. He nips it in the bud. Because you see, men they are visually stimulated easily. They're visually aroused. I mean, I mean, one of my girlfriends once told me uh, her her husband, if he even saw a pair of her underwear on the floor, it was like. You know, he's ready. Now, a woman, if she sees a man's underpants on the floor, she's like, put them in the hamper. (laughs) We're very different men and women, right? But uh, anyway, you know, we've learned to to guard our minds. But again, in closing, you know, I want to bring us back to, you know, the word of God. And the word is, you know, just because you believe something doesn't make it true. It's true. Just because you believe something, you always have to make sure just there's a consequence for that. But just because you believe it doesn't make it true. And the key scripture that's with my message today is John 8.32. And that is you will know the truth and the truth will surely set you free. And where is that truth found? It is found in in the word of God so it is so important we stay rooted and grounded in that so in that in that light um what does what does the word of God say about salvation and what did Jesus say Jesus said A person must be born again to see the kingdom of God. This is something that born again experience, you know, and what happens, how does that happen? It is a personal, it's a personal prayer where you invite Christ into your heart. You ask him to be the Lord and the savior of your life. You turn from your sin. You allow him to wash by his blood, to wash every sin off of you. And as he does, you are a clean vessel that the presence of God can fill you. And all you need to do is pray a simple prayer of faith from the heart. And if that's something that you've never done before, we can do that today. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me and say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross to pay for my sins. I now turn from my sin and by faith receive you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, forgive my sins, and save me, Lord Jesus. From that moment on, the power of God, the presence of God has come and filled you. And from this moment on, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free as you get rooted and grounded in God's word, as you go and join a church family. So God is good. Let me pray. Let me pray for all of you. God, we thank you for this sweet time with you. We thank you for this sweet time together. We pray that your word, Lord God, would have come forth, Lord God, and would touch us deeply, Lord God, would awaken us in our inner person, that we would love you more, that would awaken us, Lord God, to step out into the call in our lives, that would waken us up, Lord God, that we would recognize anything in us that doesn't line up with the truth and will step out, keep stepping out. And you, by your Holy Spirit, will lead us every step of the way. And we pray these prayers in Jesus' name. So God bless you, and please enjoy and have a wonderful Sunday. God bless. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.